0: There's a story told about a mother who went to Napoleon when her son had been convicted of a terrible crime. She went and was trying to ask for something from Napoleon. She went to Napoleon, and Napoleon said to her, Ma'am, your son has committed a crime, and justice must be served, and for justice to be served, your son needs to die. And the mother said, I'm not asking for justice. I'm pleading for mercy. And Napoleon said, but your son does not deserve mercy. And she said, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is all that I seek. Well, because of the mother's sound reasoning, Napoleon said, well, then I will show mercy and he spared the woman's son. Mercy is a gift given to those who don't deserve it. Mercy is a gift given to those who don't deserve it. And you'll often hear this in legal settings, when a person has been convicted and guilt has been assigned, and when the sentence is about to be handed down, it is mercy that is sought, not justice. Mercy that is sought, not justice. And at that point, your only hope is for mercy. Mercy so that you won't get what you deserve. If you get what you deserve, that is justice. If you get what you don't deserve, that is grace. If you don't get what you deserve, that is mercy. And today we're continuing on our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. This is a sermon that Jesus preached at the beginning of his ministry. It's recorded for us um, specifically in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And we're looking at the first part of the sermon, which is what is called the Beatitudes. It's Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. And today we're focusing on the fifth Beatitude, which is, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Amen. The beatitudes describe the distinguishing marks of a Christian. And there is a progression in the beatitudes. The order is specific and it is important. So let's read again Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 through 12. It says, "Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so there's this progression from one beatitude to the next, The first four deal with things that are individual and internal, and then the next with those that affect society. So blessed are the poor in spirit. The person who realizes that they don't have what it takes to be holy and righteous before God. And then goes to blessed are those who mourn. When you realize that you don't have what it takes to stand before God and you mourn the sin that got you into that condition in the first place. And then you go on to, blessed are the meek, those who come under the control of God, those who submit themselves to God. And then blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, coming to God to ask for what they cannot get on their own. And then it leads to, blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. And the further we get into the Sermon on the Mount, the more difficult it gets. As it gets more difficult, we are forced back to the original beatitudes. Oh, Lord, I don't have what it takes. I hate the sin that got me here. I need to be under your control. And I long to be righteous with the righteousness that only you can give. And now the results of those beatitudes are mercy, purity, and peace. Mercy, purity, and peace. Think for a second about this. What would it look like for us as individuals and us as a church if we had more mercy, more purity, and more peace in our lives? If you had more mercy in your life, what would it look like? If you had more purity in your life, what would it look like? And if you had more peace in your life, what would it look like? And Jesus says these are the keys to the blessed life. And Jesus wants us to have a blessed life. And he promises that we will receive mercy, that we will see God, and that we will be called the children of God. So we're looking at blessed are those who are merciful, for they will receive mercy. And there's two components of mercy. The first is to have a compassionate heart and action for the well-being of others. And to better understand this, I want us to, or understand the nature of mercy, I want us to break it into three parts. The first is, mercy is in the nature of God. Second, because of that, God calls us to be merciful. And then third, I want us to consider actual actual situations this week in which we can put mercy into practice. But before we look at mercy as part of the character of God, I want us to watch a video clip. It's from... Um, LeMiz and many of you I know have seen it. This. this is from the earlier movie version, not the latest one. Um, uh, Jean Valjean um, has been in prison for 19 years, and he goes. He he's out for. And if you, have many of you, seen this, or you know, okay, he is in prison for stealing bread, so he could eat. And he finally gets out, and he goes to the bishop's house, and he begs for something to eat. The bishop is there and he welcomes him into his home. He feeds him and he allows him to sleep at the house. And this is what happens. Let's watch the clip together.
1: Anybody there? Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? Madame Gillot, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you.
0: So let's look at, it is in the nature of God to be merciful. The Lord is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Those are words that are from Exodus chapter 34. And in the Old Testament, seven times, there's this description of the nature and character of God. Let me read from Exodus 34, starting at verse 4. It says, So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the compassionate, merciful, and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And this description of God's character is repeated seven times in the Old Testament. First in Exodus 34, and then in Nehemiah chapter 9, and a couple times in the Psalms, Psalms 86, Psalm 103, and Psalm 145, and then in Joel, and then Jonah. The story of Jonah is interesting because Jonah is asked by God to go and preach Um, to the Ninevites. And instead he flees from going there to go to Tarshish, which is 2,400 miles in the other direction. And God confronts him. And this is what Jonah says. It says, Jonah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from sending punishment. Jonah was called to go to the Ninevites because they were sinful and were doing things that were uh, against the will of God and they were uh, an evil people. And Jonah wanted them to be punished. He didn't want God to show them mercy and he knew that if he went there, God would show them mercy. It's in the nature of God. And God cares for us, and he cares for everyone, and wants everyone to receive the mercy that he offers. In Psalm 103, it says this word, these words about the mercy of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God wants to show us mercy. And God is not far from us We think of the person of Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ we have the prime example of God showing us mercy. In John chapter 3 verse 16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In Jesus Christ God became human. And William Barclay on his commentary on Matthew wrote this about the word mercy. He said, It does not mean only to sympathize with a person in the popular sense of the term. It does not mean simply to feel sorry for some in trouble. Chesed, which is mercy, means the ability to get right inside the other person's skin until we can see things with their eyes and think things with their mind and feel things with their feelings. Clearly, this is much more than an emotional wave of pity. He goes on and says, this demands a quite deliberate effort in the mind and then of the will. It denotes a sympathy which is not given, as it were, from outside, but which comes from a deliberate identification with the other person, until we see what they see and feel what they feel and think what they think. And the word sympathy is made up of two words, sin, which is together, and empathy, which is to experience or to suffer. And so we suffer or experience together. And so when we think of Jesus, the nature of God, think of these words from Hebrews chapter 2. It says, For this reason Jesus had to become human, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. It goes on in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And so God is not remote, detached, disinterested, or insulated from our lives. He became one of us in the person of Jesus Christ. And he knows that we are dust, but yet he can see in us a reflection of what he experienced as a person. And he can thus extend to us mercy, completely understanding what we are going through. Jesus, fully human, fully divine, fully understands what you and I are going through. He has seen life through our eyes. And he is our merciful high priest. And he wants to offer us mercy. And he wants to offer this world, every human, his mercy. And after we have sinned and sinned greatly, we are in desperate need of not justice, we want mercy. And in Jesus Christ, God says to the world that he will be merciful and he will remember our sins no more because Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins. And in Jesus Christ, God shows us mercy. We don't receive justice, we receive mercy. And isn't this a God we want to cling to? Isn't this the Savior we want to cling to? If you think that God is there just waiting to condemn you when you mess up, you will stay far away from him. But that's not how God is. God is merciful and wants to give you mercy today. It goes on in Hebrews chapter 4. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. Then it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God is merciful and wants to show us mercy. And because of what Jesus Christ has done, we are to go to the very throne of God. When you pray today, do you think that you're standing in the front of the throne of God And God wants to give you his mercy. That's what the scriptures tell us to do. Well, because God is merciful, it leads right into our second point, which is God calls us to be merciful. Now, this is where it gets hard, isn't it? We want to receive mercy, but showing mercy, that's another issue. But Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says, God has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. To love mercy. Well, what if we changed the order of those words around because we have received mercy? What if because of our relationship with Jesus Christ as our high priest, we were to love justice and do mercy? Instead of doing justice, we did mercy. What would it look like? Matthew chapter 9 records the story of Jesus going out and eating with sinners and tax collectors. And the religious leaders of Jesus' day came to Jesus and said, Why in the world are you eating and fellowshipping with sinners? And Jesus said this to the religious leaders He said, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And God calls us to be merciful. And that brings us to our third point, which is, How can we practically show mercy this week? Now you need to remember, mercy is not emotionalism. Just because you see a TV commercial with starving kids, and you shed some tears and you want to help, that does not necessarily mean that you are merciful. And often when a person makes a decision or about doing something out of an emotional response, it's to alleviate the emotion that they are feeling rather than out of a heart of mercy. Now, just to clarify though, those who are merciful will often experience deep emotions. But just because a person is emotional doesn't make them merciful. So if mercy is not emotionalism, even though emotions will accompany acts of mercy, and mercy is not humanitarianism, but a merciful person will be a humanitarian, what is mercy? Mercy is this. Mercy desires to help people by giving them what they do not necessarily deserve for their long-term benefit, not their short-term pleasure. Mercy desires to help people by giving them what they do not necessarily deserve for their long-term benefit, not just their short-term pleasure. And mercy is an attitude of our heart that comes from being in a relationship with Jesus Christ where we have received mercy, now we are called to give mercy. Now this is the difference between showing mercy and enabling bad choices and behavior. We are to desire to truly help people for their long-term benefit. And this is where it gets difficult. If you see someone struggling on the street in need of help and you just give them $5, you may help them for the short term, but you may not actually be helping them in the long term. But to get involved in someone's life, oh, that's difficult. But God is a perfect example of mercy. It is because of his heart of love that he has shown us mercy in not making us pay for our sins. So practically, how can we show mercy this week? Well, the first simple one is material needs. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 says, But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother Or sister in need and closes his heart against them, how does the love of God abide in them? Little children, let us not love in word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. In the story of the Good Samaritan, there's a story of a person who has been attacked by robbers and thieves and left for dead and some religious leaders come walking by and they do not stop to help the person in need. A Samaritan who is a person who would have absolutely nothing to do with this person who has, um, had been robbed instead stops to help. So listen to these words. And, and when, you're, when we think about this, think of this. The Samaritan does not go out and find the robbers and thieves who beat this person up and left him for dead. If he went and found that person and brought them to trial, that would be seeking justice. But instead, he shows mercy. Luke chapter 10 records the story and it says, But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near the man. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put, them, put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said, go and do likewise. We aren't called to give until it hurts. We're called to give until the job is done. We're not called to give until it hurts. We're called to give until the job is done. Well, the second way we can show mercy. Material needs is probably the simplest example. The second one's a little more difficult. It is spiritual struggles. Helping people in their spiritual struggles. This is from Jude, verse 22. There's only one chapter in Jude. So Jude 22 says, But you, beloved building yourself up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garments polluted by the flesh." We are to show mercy to those who are struggling with their faith, to those who are doubting, and those who are going through difficult times spiritually. We are to show mercy to them. We are to remind them of the nature of God. We are to remind them that God is the one who forgives our sins. So be merciful to those going through spiritual struggles. The third one. Embarrassing failures. When people mess up and mess up their lives. We are reminded in 1 Peter chapter 4, 8, it says, Love covers over a multitude of sins. Love covers over a multitude of sins. Then the next one is maybe the hardest one is, personal injuries. When someone has done something against you, we want justice and we're called to show mercy. This is very difficult, but Ephesians chapter 4 says these words, "Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you." Now, showing mercy is one of these things that all all of a sudden you're going to become a Christian and you're merciful. No, it's more of a virtue that you grow in. And you think of the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul first becomes a follower of Jesus Christ, he is basically an arrogant jerk. That's the only way to put it. He says of himself at the beginning of his ministry, he goes, I'm an apostle just like them. You need to show me respect. But as he grows in his faith and in his relationship with Jesus and learns more, later on, he says, I am the least of the apostles. Gets to the end of his ministry, and he describes himself this way, I am the chief of sinners. And he, day by day, understood that he had been shown mercy, and he becomes a much more merciful person at the end of his life. And we are to grow in showing mercy. It's not easy by any chance. Grow in the virtue of showing mercy. Let me end with these words from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. Because God is rich in mercy, we have been made alive in Christ Jesus. Therefore, since we have received mercy, show mercy to others. Why? Because God wants to show them mercy. So be merciful. So be merciful. Amen and amen. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to know of your love and to experience your mercy. To know of your forgiveness. To know of your grace. And Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God of compassion, grace and mercy. But Lord, we live in a world where there is a lot of evil and it is very hard to be merciful. So help us to love as you love and help us to do the things that you've called us to do and we will give you all the praise and glory. But Lord, when we come up against things this week, when we are called to show mercy, And we find it very difficult. Grant us the grace to be merciful. And we will give you all the praise and glory. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.